You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Visibly Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. Those of you that have been listening for some time now, you do know that I talk a lot about the F word. Yes, that key to fitness, that key to being healthy and well, mind, body, spirit, emotionally. And that F word is forgiveness. And you are in for a treat today. Let me tell you, I have the most amazing guest. I've known her for many, many years. We uh, have known each other through Christian Women in Media Association. Uh, I was on the advisory board, and she's been a very big part of the organization. Um, also, she's been a part of NRB, National Religious Broadcasters, where I know her as well. And anyway, I, I'm kind of just in awe of of having her on today because she has helped so many people get through their stuck points uh, when it comes to forgiveness, but on so many topics, like hundreds of topics. She has written uh, books about small pamphlet books to, to larger books to uh, having her radio program, but I'm just going to read her bio kind of in a hodgepodge kind of way, because it's a very, very long bio. Uh, June Hunt has been at counseling for many, many years. And so she has a long bio, but I don't want to dismiss any of the greatness that she has accomplished. But for the sake of time, I just want you to know that she is the founder and CSO, Chief Servant Officer of um, Hope for the Heart Ministries. And she uh, has an MA. She's an author singer, speaker, and like I said, founder of Hope for the Heart, a worldwide biblical counseling ministry. Her life work has yielded landmark contributions in the field of Christian counseling. Hope for the Heart, which was founded in 1986, offers biblical hope and practical help through biblical counseling, coaching, and context for contemporary concerns in more than 60 countries and on six continents. Yes. Um, Let's see, where else do I want to go? Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, she's got so much. Um, let's see. After years of teaching and research, uh, she developed counseling through the Bible, a scripturally based counseling course, which uh, addresses over 100 topics such as marriage and parenting and boundaries and anger and addictions and forgiveness and abuse and depression and you name it. She has written about it and she has counseled people on the topic. She has a sound biblical perspective, and I know you will be so blessed when you hear her conversation and our conversation as it pertains to um, forgiveness. And she has a radio program. We talked a little bit about this on the show, but um, it's called Hope in the Night, and it is a live one-hour call-in counseling program that helps people right then, right there, untangle their problems from a biblical uh, perspective and give them practical tools and help and hope. And that is um, June's heart. She wants to give people 
the right tools, but she wants to give them hope and let them know that there is a solution. So um, yeah, her, her, some of her resources have been translated in over 35 different languages. She has um, received best book of the year award. She has received um, best radio show of the year. I mean, I, I don't know. I, this is a long bio. I, I don't know if you're watching, but I can just scroll and scroll. But um, I love her. I love her. And I know that you will too. And she is the most humble, most amazing woman that has done so much in this um, area of counseling. And so uh, her her radio program, uh, Hope for the Heart, it's heard on over more than a hundred or excuse me, a thousand radio outlets around the world. And she has been counseling for people, uh, like I said, for over 25 years. And her big goal, again, is to offer hope for today's problems. So enjoy this incredible uh, podcast. Well, welcome to Visibly Fit June Hunt. Is It is an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm delighted to be with you. Thank you so much, Wendy. Oh, well, you are just um, such a servant and you have served for so many years and you actually call yourself the CSO, which is Chief Servant Officer and founder of Hope for the Heart. And so um, I want to jump right in and start talking just tough stuff because you cover so many topics, a multitude uh, of topics, and you have counseled millions. You've counseled millions through your radio show, and God has given you this um, platform and opportunity to do so. But um, he, he the, I, I sometimes say the least likely is the most likely. And I would say that knowing your story from way back when, you might have been a least likely that was that became the most likely. So let's start with your story and how you even got involved with the desire to want to help others from your own brokenness. Well, I can tell you, I had a great deal of pain because of being in a dysfunctional family. And uh, when I look at that word dysfunctional, there's the word fun in the middle of it, but there's no fun in, in, in our family. Uh, my dad had three families going on concurrently. And therefore, it was very hard because I couldn't talk. I mean, I we were the third family, and uh, I was, actually grew up with a fictitious last name, Wendy. I was I was June Wright, and we were the Wright family. And I used to think, hmm, I wonder why it's called the Wright family when what's going on is wrong. But um, Dad had a number of uh, women uh, apart from. Uh, these three families, and um, I, I hated him. Well, for a while, I didn't, you know, when you're very young, you don't know what all really is going on, and you just cope. And uh, later, as time went on, and I knew what was happening, well, eventually, we moved into his house when I was 12. And that was because uh, his first wife had died. And uh, so we lived there for 11 months. And then finally, my parents married. Now, he was 28 years older than my mom. So mom was, in a way, kind of like a trophy wife. She was kind and sweet, and people adored her. She wasn't mercenary. Uh, and I, I couldn't understand how how did she get in this relationship. And finally, I thought, aha, her dad died when she was four. I think my dad was a father figure. Mm -hmm. 
and just it was uh it was hard uh hard times and so and she had huge shame she wasn't glorying uh she didn't feel oh how wonderful am i never ever ever that in fact she really struggled with low self-worth because he would attack her physically or verbally or both well actually both uh the I'll tell you what I lived with was this fear because he would periodically come to my room and say, your mother's mentally ill today. He had a son from a first marriage who was institutionalized, paranoid schizophrenic, and he even had a frontal lobotomy that was doctor approved. And uh, later, uh, that was not uh, the approved practice medically. But um, so I was afraid that he was going to institutionalize mom because he periodically would take her to psychiatrists. Uh, we, we just walked on eggshells and everything was a dictatorship in my dad's home. Um, and yet um, when, when you don't know uh, how to respond and you're, you're totally controlled uh, as a dictatorship, There's no choice. Dad said uh, tears were a sign of mental illness. So I knew how to stuff, stuff, stuff my my feelings. Mother tried to uh, mitigate negotiation. I only knew two times when negotiation worked. But basically, he said, you're a bad influence on your mom. So uh, you are not to have any contact with her once dinner is over. Then it extended to my two sisters and my brother. And so we really didn't have access to mom and that crushed mom. And uh, so, but I think the thing that I remember thinking, nobody confronts him. He's the president of a company. Nobody, you know, he's got all these yes people around. And, and I thought somebody's got to do something. So I tried once, but I was beaten. And I learned then that it, it, then he takes it out on mom. And then I got sent away to, boarding school and that crushed mom. And, and then I just became more silent. Of course, nobody knew anything. You know, isn't it amazing, Wendy, what goes on behind closed doors? Yes. People have no idea. And people wear a mask as if everything's normal and everything's fine, but you never know who you're actually speaking with, maybe at the office or at the grocery store and what they're going through. And it is your normal. It, it was my normal. And so it was hard for me to figure out what was normal. It had an increasing amount. I, I would do if looks could kill, you know, because I thought right. surely my daggers would help him know he's wrong. But I noticed that never really did convict him. Mm. Put it mildly. Somehow we got and I, I, it's amazing. We got into a biblically based church and uh, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I was, we were in a church. My mom's family had a, it was a mainline denomination, but no Bible whatsoever. And is this in Texas? This was in Dallas. Yes. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe that I was in high school. These were extraordinary young people. Uh, They, they clearly had something. And on Sundays, there would be this phenomenal Bible teacher, um, not flashy, you know, it wasn't ta-da, not, not that. It's just the depth. And I I thought, how? I, I've been in church. I don't know anything. All these youth, they know. And I thought, oh, that's what they have. They have information. 
Well, Wendy, they did have information, but that wasn't it. They had transformation, but I didn't know that word. You you were locked up a lot with some rage and some anger. Yes, but I couldn't tell anybody anything. So it was unspoken pain. I didn't understand. I, I did actually literally have a changed life through Christ, but how how could forgiveness, for example, how I would read something about forgiving, well, that doesn't make sense. That's just letting somebody off the hook. I'm math. Math made sense. And and there are equations and you get the right solution over here. This did not make sense. So I didn't know what to do with this. There was a scripture, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I wasn't cocky, but I didn't know what to do with something that Adam and Eve, the first two people he created, he told them one thing not to do. What did they do, Wendy? They went and ate from they the, the tree of knowledge. So, and, and, and there was a repercussion. So see, how, how could forgiveness be right? I just couldn't get it. Mm. And so I kind of put it off way on the side. But um, I was seething a type of anger, fearful that mother was going to be put away because my dad was irrational and I didn't know what to do because at times he would just attack people. I, I will say that I was in my 20s. Now I was, believe it or not, a youth director. I was a junior high director at this for 600 in the junior high division. It was huge. And uh, I was just still just learning. And I, I was amazed at the difference that Christ could make in my life and others. But I just couldn't put that place of, about that forgiveness issue. Did, couldn't figure it out. Now, I had youth, uh, some of the kids that were saying, June, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with Christ. It is a religion. I don't understand. Why would they say that? So I wouldn't counter anybody. I didn't know how to talk. Later, I, as I began to literally look at the word, and I, I thought, okay, I did a word study, learned how to do a word study. Forgiveness literally means release. To forgive is to release yes. or to dismiss. So if you dismiss a debt, Wendy, if you were in a horrible and you had borrowed uh, $100 to pay for something that was extremely important, you said, I- I'll pay you back um, in, in the, at the end of the month. And you would be normally able to do that. But now you're in this car crash and you can't pay. And then the, here's this very kind person who, after three months, says, Wendy, I'm dismissing the debt. It's called forgiving the debt. It's not because it's deserved. It's it's an act of mercy, an act of grace. That's what forgiveness is. And you think, well, of course, I look at you and say, well, yeah, you would deserve that. But see, I was looking at my dad and I thought, well, how does he deserve that? He doesn't deserve that. So, yeah. So how how does one like that was in a situation like you, uh, because there's a lot of dysfunctional families how, how does one actually go through the process of forgiveness? Because they maybe think they've even forgiven, but maybe they really haven't gotten to the root of the of what 
it really needs to be pulled up and and uh, something new planted. Let, let's talk about where you were with that in your own life. How did you even figure out that, that wow, I, I am still struggling with forgiveness and this is the one, two, three that, that allowed me to break through? Well, first, I didn't even acknowledge it because I just I had no answers. But then when I started looking, it also means release. Yeah. Release. It's releasing your resentment, releasing your right. See, I was living for the day my dad would say, I'm sorry, just to, just to apologize. And I never heard that. And, and I don't advise that people live for the day that somebody's going to do something. Um, it, it's releasing your right to be bitter, releasing your right to get even, or, or even to dwell on the offense, to hold on to the offense to keep bringing up the offense. Once I began to see that, I, I actually had a mental picture. I'm going to see if I can, oh, I do have it here. Okay, I'll see if, if this even works here. Can you tell what this is? Well, I'm trying to see it here. Um, here. Okay. Looks like a hook. Oh, oh, I see the problem. Okay. Well, it it's a meat hook. A meat hook. Okay, I was about to say, it looks like a hook. Yes, it is a yep. big meat hook. So I was with a group uh, of prisoners and uh, on Saturday. And if you can imagine putting a meat hook around a person who says, I cannot forgive, because I said, how many of you, like me, could not forgive this one person? And all these hands go, not all, but at well over half. And I said, what we've got here is a situation of wrong that has been done. If you look at forgiveness, while I'm thinking it's wrong, it's really taking a person off of my hook, that would be my dad, and putting him on God's hook. He's not off the hook. Yeah. He's on God's hook. That's good, Jim. Because God is the one who says, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. Yes. So that's the bottom line. You're not letting somebody off the hook. That made all the difference to me. And there was a point at which I remember he had just cut my mom down verbally, and I just was going, ugh. And I, I went up to her, and I was, I remember, I normally don't have clenched teeth, but I remember, I said, how can you be so nice to him? And she said, oh, honey, he doesn't know the Lord. If he only knew the Lord, he wouldn't be that way. She's not focusing on his fault. She's focusing on his need. Wow. He needs a changed life through Christ. Mm -hmm. It totally changed my paradigm. Gives you an opportunity and to have so, compassion. Yes. Yeah. So the bottom line is I saw this very differently you know, it was Jesus who was hanging on the cross, and he said, Father, forgive them. Not because they had come and said, oh, we're so sorry, Jesus. We, we realize that we really uh, it, were senseless and, and, you know, crucifying you. No, there was not one bit of apology or a heart toward that. So it's not based on what the other person does. And um, I can tell you, I was free of that bitterness 
you know, never is it right to be bitter. And people don't like to be around bitter people no, either. They don't. Uh-uh. So, so really, um, when we learn to forgive, what we're doing is allowing the other person. Um, we're 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 literally taking that person off of, and that means the woundedness, the the hurt. Um, we're oh, removing oh, that yeah. person from our are being hooked to us. And now we're allowing the Lord to deal with that person. And he knows how to deal with each person in his way uniquely. That's right. And you, you say a a lot that um, forgiveness is a choice and not a feeling. And that is the absolute truth, right? I mean, you came to the conclusion of I choose to take them off my hook and put them on God's right. Well, you know, you just mentioned something that's, um, astute. There are a lot of people who think forgiveness is this. It's a feeling. No, it's a choice. It's an act of the will. Uh, Forgiveness is, some people say, uh, well, forgiveness is forgetting. No, you have to remember in order to forgive. It's, uh, in fact, I remember one time I was, uh, one of the first times I was even doing a conference on this particular topic, I I turned to everyone that was there. I said, what do you think forgiveness means? The first response was, it means being a weak martyr. I said, no, it's being strong enough to be Christ-like. Sometimes you'll hear, and, and this was another one. I remember that day when I was asking, what do you think forgiveness means? It means being a doormat. If that's the case, that would mean that Jesus would have been the greatest doormat in the world because he was literally forgiving uh, the most horrendous kind of persecution that a person could experience. So it's basically, uh, some people say, well, it's not fair. That's true. That's true. It wasn't fair for Jesus to hang on the cross either. But he did so so that we could be forgiven. We need to be clear about what forgiveness is not so that we're not putting some distortion that we don't mean to put on. But, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a hard. We all str- have struggled in this area. Yes. Everyone knows what it's like to have someone who's been so painful or obnoxious yeah, or that- wounding. It's so good. Um, you know, I talk a lot with Visibly Fit. You're just talking a lot of my language, if you will. I, I talk about how, um, you know, being uh, having being fit uh, starts with the F word, <laughs> which oh, you probably yeah. wouldn't use it in that way. But, you know, uh, forgiveness is, is how is the key to, to fitness. Right. Um, and I talk about releasing unhealthy emotions so you can release unhealthy weight. Like we're, we're totally vibing here, June. This is really cool. I love it. Um, but what I wanted to really talk about is um, forgiving others is is one thing. But a lot of my patients have the uh, stuck point, if you will, of forgiving themselves. So what would you have to say about that? And how do they overcome that little stuck point? That's a great question. Think of it this way. God is willing to forgive every person who would humble his or her heart before him and receive him as Lord and Savior. And it's 
this is the whole reason why Jesus came to earth. It is that big. It's not like it's not like the word grace or peace or, and all these other wonderful words. Forgiveness is totally unique. It is the reason why Jesus came to earth, where he came literally. He was born physically. He is God, but he was born to die for us. And so if he is willing to forgive us, then if I'm going to hold on to unforgiveness, then I'm being a higher judge than God himself. Good. And that means that I'm not understanding his way of living life in a way that literally expresses who he is, uh, because it is his joy to forgive us when we have uh, especially chosen wrong. But see, he changes us. I mean, I, uh, I didn't deserve to have a changed life through Christ. All I can say is, I didn't change me. I know I didn't. There's a very interesting passage, which I have an idea, you know, it's in Ezekiel 36, 26. It's so clear. It's like, I will give you a new heart. I will put my spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone. I'll put my spirit in you and cause you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So he puts the causer of change. You know, he causes us to change. All we need to do is cooperate. So good. And that's what Receive. is so special because uh, even there's a scripture in First uh, Thessalonians 5, and it says, faithful is the one who calls you and he will do it. So if he calls you to do something, for example, if he calls you to forgive, he will be the power source for you. All we have to do is say, okay, Lord, I am willing. I'm willing. Surrender, surrender the control and that we have to do it. It's him in us. That's so good. And, and being willing and, and uh, allowing him to do it through us. Um, I wanted to ask you also, is it a one and done? Or is it a forgiveness opportunity every day sometimes? You know, there are those who will say, and, and you mentioned this earlier, it's like, well, I thought I forgave, but obviously I didn't. Uh, what I would say is many times, yes, uh, a person could literally genuinely forgive. But what what did Jesus say to Peter? He Peter came up and he said, how many times should I forgive? Um, and he he put a big number. It, he said seven times. Now in Jewish history, it was after three times, then that's it. You know, so uh, he did seven times. And Peter was told by Jesus, no, no, Peter, it's 70 times seven. Meaning whenever there's a need, you do it again. Yes. It's not that you wouldn't have done it in many situations. Uh, people can be sincere and say, okay, I'm choosing to forgive. But usually when the feeling comes back again, there can be an animosity or somebody could just, you know, basically verbally slap you, physically slap you, whatever it is. Um, then it is imperative to understand uh, we need to be in a, a readiness, a state of saying, 
I'm going to choose to release this pain to the Lord. What happens is, imagine at the end of that um, um, meat hook, here, here you've got this huge burlap bag. And uh, I just asked someone on Saturday, what has been so difficult for you to forgive? And she talked about what her former husband did uh, that caused the death of that little of the little girl. And then he worked it out because he had finances where then he took the other child and he was she was also sexually abused, even as a child, I'm talking about the woman I was talking to. And she, it, it was it was a pile of things, and I just kept putting in boulders, boulders of bitterness, boulders, and uh, she didn't want to live that way. But uh, I said, I said, how how does it feel for you to carry all this weight in this burlap bag? What if you had to carry it for the rest of your life? And she said, I don't think I could because it was very heavy, and so. I said, well, you have a choice. You can take all that pain and release it to the Lord. You can literally take this man who was cruel to you and sometimes still is. And instead of you doing battle with him, release him to the Lord, to Jesus. And he knows how to deal with that person. Uh, again, the scripture is, it is mine to avenge. This is what God says. It's mine to avenge. I will repay. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm going to add one thing. I know right now someone could think that's just so passive. You're, you're just setting yourself up to be abused again and again. Let, let me just say, we need to look at the whole counsel of God. What that means is, I just spoke at uh, a conference for two, with 2,000 women on the topic of domestic abuse, domestic violence. And when I shared a scripture, it was like, and the scripture was 2224. And it, this is important. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered. So you have a biblical right to move out of harm's way. Is that right to do that? Well, Proverbs 19, 19 says, a hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. If you rescue him, you'll have to do it again. So there's just going to be this cycle that's going to go on and on and on. So there are, times, in, there are times when Jesus escaped. He knew there were people who were wanting to kill him. But it wasn't time for him to be the sacrificial lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. So my point is, this doesn't mean if we are forgiving, that doesn't mean it's like, oh, come and abuse me again and again. No, no, we have a biblical right to do what is literally according to God's will to move out of harm's way. So good. I love that, June. Thank you. And I know someone listening might have needed to hear this specifically. So I know that's a blessing. Um, one thing I'd, I'd like to ask you about is um, sometimes people do not move out of their pain because it's mm, 
comfortable, which is odd, but they're, that's what they're it's used to. Normal. They're it's, normal. It's their normal, right? So getting out of their pain feels scary, feels like, I don't know. I don't know if I could ever forgive or, or get out of this situation because that's not who I am. That's not what I'm used to. So what would you say to that person as far as getting the courage and getting into a place of stepping into that forgiveness and stepping into taking action to make their life different? And you alluded to that earlier and I didn't go there, but I, we, I want to go there now. We have to first face the offense. And many don't want to see it. It's like, well, this is just, but or ostrich with their head in the sand, right? Like, yeah. And, and, and so, in fact, the Bible even says, um, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Isn't that interesting? Expose them. That's Ephesians 5, 11. What I suggest is, this is one way. You could take a, a piece of paper, eight and a half by 11, put a line down the uh, middle of the page from top to bottom, and just do, this is a timeline for childhood. What was going on in your life that was hard? What was painful? What was wrong? Put down from the earliest time you, you can remember where you were wounded, where you were hurt, but put the name of that person who did that. So you deal with childhood in chronological order. Then your youth, what went on during that uh, major change of life and uh, early adults and just un until the present? And and just pray ahead of time to say, Lord, I'm willing to face the offenses that occurred to me. Um, some people will say, well, I was told I needed to forgive. Sometimes quick forgiveness is not complete forgiveness because it takes time to process what has been so hard. And yet, in fact, some people don't want, and I think you've alluded to this, some people don't want to look at it. And some people will even say, oh, we are just protecting somebody else. You know, it's like right. you, you won't go there. Well, the Bible says in Proverbs 24, 24, whoever says to the guilty, you are innocent, will be cursed by people and denounced by nations. In other words, and, and this was probably the hardest thing for me was with, with my mom. At times, she would excuse my dad. Oh, he doesn't mean to do this. Well, of course he did. And I knew that. But I, I didn't want to counter her much because she was, I knew she was in a very difficult position. But, you know, it doesn't help. It helps us to be accurate and, and truthful. But Jesus said the truth set you free. So the more we can be at literally doing what Jesus said, be set free by facing the truth of the past. And then um, you, you not only face the offense, but you're willing to feel the offense. Some people say, well, oh, I don't, I don't blame so-and-so because, you know, 
they and they make up all these excuses. No, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Yeah, and and, and so it doesn't help to carry false guilt either, saying, "Well, I'm sure I could have done," but no, we're talking about what needs to be dealt with, Good. and then then you literally forgive the offender. Uh, by the way, I was thinking about uh, a quote. Now you you know this: "To err is human." to forgive divine, but there's a, a takeoff of that. And that is to err is human to blame it on someone else is more human. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so seems so, to, especially in this day and age, my goodness. So, so it's really saying, I, I want to be healthy in my thinking. I want to yes. be accurate. You know, God does not shocked by what we've experienced he knows, but he also wants to literally be our healer. Mm-hmm. And um, that means um, when we have at times looked at a situation and we think, this just isn't fair, you know, she ought to pay for her wrong. Uh, he, at, well, in time, there will be a payment. God, God will deal with that. I think the issue, see, this is what I kept thinking. If I'm to forgive, but it it doesn't do any good because uh, he just keeps doing it again and again. He was cruel to to my mom. It it was more like hurt me. Don't hurt her. Mm. And some of us are that way. We are protective. We're trying to protect. But the truth is you cannot control what others do. But we can control how we respond to what others do. And that's why it is vital to be um, biblical and see what what is our responsibility. And I believe that it's so clear when the Lord allows us to see the truth, face the truth about what's happened. Um, Well, we know that we have to forgive multiple times Mm -hmm. and candidly i remember i I, another thing that helped me i saw a scripture card a card and what is this navigators well i'd heard about the navigators and they have Mm -hmm. scripture memory cards and it was as for me far be it from me that i should sin against the lord by failing to pray for you and i went you know, it's like pray for enemies, yeah. And so, I uh, I had not been praying for my dad's salvation, mm. and I, I, and this also was a sister I had who was angry with my mother for putting up with my dad. You know, so we it it we had a, a mess, and I finally thought, you know. And what I did is, what I learned is, as I began to pray for my enemy, pray for those who persecute you, um, I learned that he changed my heart. Mm-hmm. Instead of focusing on the fault, I focused on his need. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have done it had I not had a mother who did that very thing, because I won't take credit for that. Uh, and... I saw, by, by the way, I, I had said, he'll never change. He, I, I knew he would never change. I, 
I said, you know, a Mack truck could drive over me. I'm that positive that I'm I'm right. That that so meaning um, my consequence if I were wrong would be the Mack truck. Well, the last year of his life, for the first time, he was willing to pray a prayer of salvation. Mm-hmm. And uh, after I had talked with my dad, I went to my mom. I said, Mom, I don't know if this is real or not. I just want you to know what happened. And and uh, and she said, well, honey, Billy Graham has tried. There are so many people who've tried, but he would not let them go on. And, and she said, in fact, just the Wednesday before, there was a man on the front porch with your father and he was trying to present Jesus. And, and my dad stopped him and said, well, if anybody's going to talk to me about spiritual things, it'll be my daughter, June. Mm. I think it's only because I was praying because yes. the Bible says, pray for those who persecute you. Yes. Just pray that they'll have a changed life. Never give up on oh. anyone. Mm-hmm. Yes. We don't know who will change. That's right. Well, June, you are such a delight. And I'm so grateful that that God, the healer, healed your heart and healed your mind and your emotions. And, and, and it has led you on the trajectory that you're on right now and have been for over 25 years of, of counseling and helping so many people. And, and you have a a live radio show called hope in the night where people call in and, and you just talk about serious heavy duty stuff and counsel right there. And you have hundreds of topics of resources on your website and you are just such a giver and such a servant. And I thank you for, for your call, uh, for the call that, that God's put on your life and you heeding to the call. And so before we end this uh, podcast and this call, I have two final questions and one is a tough one and one is a fun one. All right. Are you ready? Ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really would like to hear from your point of view uh, with the way that the world is right now and the, um, the confusion of identity. How much would you say that is connected to unforgiveness? I am very concerned. I'm very concerned about the issue of identity. Um, in fact, I've spoken on uh, transgender and on cancel culture. And there are certain topics that I feel strongly about. Because you see, if your identity and the, the phrase is identity in Christ. Now, I didn't know that. I've, there was a time where I, I, if you had said, you're, June, the point is that if our identity is in Christ, I, I wouldn't even know what you're talking about. But what it is, is when we literally yielding our will to his will, saying, I'm willing to be the person you created me to be. Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life, to take control of my life, to make me the person you created me to be. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Lord means master, ruler, owner. So you're you're giving him ownership of you. Well, what happens is he adopts us. We get into his family by adoption. I didn't know that. I, I never heard of that growing up adoption. So we're adopted into his family. And so he's going to take very careful care of us. And we become a child of God, even as an adult. Well, the point is, that's a different identity. Uh, By the way, um, in biblical times, 
a person who was adopted could never be unadopted. And that's important. So we're safe in his family forever. And the fact is, he gives us a brand new purpose. Uh, and many people say, I don't, I don't have a purpose. Well, let me tell you what, uh, what, like if you were to say that to me and I, you, you know, you have purpose, but, but let's say you said, well, I know I'm a Christian, but I, I just don't know my purpose. I would say to you, Wendy, your purpose is, it's really kind of amazing. It's found in Romans eight twenty nine. You have been predestined. Yes. That's yes. an amazing word predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. You've been predestined to be conformed to the character of Christ. So your identity will predestined <laughs> more and more change to be literally, you will begin to reflect who Jesus is. You will be able to think as Jesus thinks, because we are told we're given the mind of Christ. So what happens is, we begin to realize this is phenomenal. We didn't cause it. And so it's humbling. We we can't go, look, look what I've done. Mm-mm. No, it has nothing to do with what we've done. It's what Jesus did, not only on the cross, but, you know, I never will forget the first time, Wendy, I heard, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm-hmm. I thought, in you? What do you mean in you? I didn't know that he comes to literally indwell us. And there are multiple places in the Bible that tells that, says that. I thought, oh, so we have a new identity. We have his identity. And that makes all the difference in the world. Not Not that we won't have difficult people, not that we won't have difficult situations. And sometimes, you know, not, you know, about a year ago, two two years ago, I I was stunned. Something that I I would never have dreamed happened that that hurt my heart deeply. But you know, that's just real life living too. And what that does that gives us the ability to um, have our hearts stretched, um, our compassion is stretched, so that then when others come and say, oh, I've had a horrible last few years. You could say, I identify, I understand. Because let me say it this way. Sympathy says, I'm sorry you're hurt, like somebody kind of of patting them on the head. Uh, And that's okay if that's all you can have. Not just sympathy. Empathy says, I'll hurt with you. Literally, compassion says, I'll hurt with you. And I'll be here for you until the hurt is gone. So God is a God of compassion. And we literally, we become more and more godly. And we will reach out and have a joy of reaching out to others in their times of, of challenge. Because we will have challenges. But it just stretches our capacity for compassion. That's so good. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um going back to the identity and transgender and everything that's going on in the world today, we can have compassion and pray for these individuals that might be struggling, right? 
So um, that was a tough question, but you answered it beautifully. Thank you. All right. Now for the fun question. What is one thing? I'm sure you've been asked this before, but what is one thing that maybe someone does not know about June Hunt? Do you have like a hidden talent or a hobby or what do you what, what tell us about June? <laughs> Most people don't know this. Uh, I, I kind of started out as a, a I didn't know what else to do. I was a music major and I was surprised. Uh, I sang for several Billy Graham crusades and um, I did a USO tour to Vietnam and when I was on the Today Show one time, being interviewed by Barbara Walters, I wow. was—I mean, I didn't—I didn't orchestrate anything. In fact, sure. I, I guess the thing I would say is, everything I've done, I didn't orchestrate. I feel like I'm the female version of Noah. He just said, "Do this, June. Just do this," and I kind of, <laughs> okay, and you know, but but I always yes. love to use one song um, at the conclusion. Uh, and uh, uh, that, that that would wrap up what uh, the if I were speaking or uh, sharing, teaching. Yeah, I just I like to use one song that is uh, tender that really helps people focus on on uh, what God is doing in our hmm. lives. I don't know a little bar of a of a song we'd love to hear. <laughs> and I'm putting you on the spot, June. I love you it. Know, you know that's so funny. <laughs> There's uh, the the uh, chaplain at this uh, where I just spoke at this. He said well, he and it was a surprise. He said, "Well, why don't we do a duet?" And nobody. I mean, I mean, I'm thinking. Uh, and so he was looking at me. I said, "Okay, I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river." I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. Mm. Oh, June, I love you so much. And that is what <laughs> forgiveness gives us peace like a river in our soul. So bless you, my sister Thank in Christ. You. You're amazing. Thank you for taking the time for being on Visibly Fit. It's a joy to be with you, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you so very much for tuning into this episode of Visibly Fit. I, I really believe that this show hopefully blessed your socks off. Um, if you are um, looking for some resources like on forgiveness or any hot topic that maybe you're wrestling with, I really want to encourage you to go to hopefortheheart.org. I mean, again, she's got, June's got hundreds of topics that she writes about and, um, and they're free resources. So just go there and download a copy of, of maybe something that would um, address the issue that you're dealing with. Again, maybe it's anxiety or anger or suicide or I don't know, whatever it is, I'm telling you, she's got it there. I'm, I'm blown away at, at what all she um, has counseled people on, but also you can go to junehunt.org, but definitely um, uh, tune into her, her radio show if you can. And, um, but definitely go to her website, get her resources, um, purchase her books. I, again, I know that uh, she just has so much to offer and you will be blessed when you do. Now, if you are 
again, blessed by this podcast, please share it, give it a, a rating and a review. The way that you do that, by the way, is if you go on, say, uh, iTunes uh, or Apple podcast and you scroll down all the way to the bottom, you'll see ratings and reviews. And there's going to be five stars there. And I don't know if you can see uh, on YouTube here, but you'll hit the fifth star. Okay. Not the first one, but the fifth one. And then right here, it says write a review. So you will just hit that. And um, it looks like this. If you're watching, let's see. And then it says uh, write a review. And then you go to a title and review um, right there. And then you hit send. And that would really help to bump visibly fit up in the algorithms. So I want to say thank you now in advance for doing that. And I do want to share a couple that um, have taken the time to write a review and I will read yours as well. Once you do write uh, a review, uh, one says, Wendy is one of the most genuine women I know. Not only does she practice what she preaches, but she has a true servant's heart. She is dedicated to helping people be the best that they can be in the skin they are in. I just love her. This is a great listen to help you be your best self. That's so awesome. Thank you so very much. Um, this other one says uh, that Visibly Fit is very, uh, it's a very inspiring podcast that promotes health and wellness. And if you want to improve your body, mind, and spirit, listen to this podcast. Thank you, Susan Neal. Really appreciate that. The other one was uh, from Jennifer Strickland. So God bless you both. Thank you for writing reviews. And again, if you feel inclined to do so, please, please, it really helps this podcast. And uh, of course, those that I interview, it will bless them as well. Um, also, if you are looking for a, a breakthrough in your health and your well-being, remember, I got gotcha. you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm ready. I'm ready to dive in with you. Let's do it together. Just reach out to me. Go to wendypet.com um, and or email me at Wendy at wendypet.com and let's set up a time to have a conversation and let's do this together. I just got an email from someone. Uh, I'm not going to say their name, but they've been listening to this podcast for a year. And they said, you know what? I'm ready. I've been listening long enough. I'm ready. Let's do this. So if that's you too, have you been listening long enough and it's time, then then connect with me and let's have a conversation and let's do this thing together. Let's get you healthy in mind, body, and spirit because you do deserve it. So thank you again for tuning into this episode of Visibly Fit. Um, I appreciate you. And again, if this episode blessed you as much as I think it did, share it with your friends, your family, and uh, let's spread this message of forgiveness. All right, take care and we'll catch you next time on Visibly Fit. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing, not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.